0: weather and science across the globe the weather jazz podcast get ready for another wild trip inside our own solar system Wednesday So don your favourite galactic leggings, moon boots and lost in space jumpsuits as we blast, blast off, off, off today on Weather Jazz
1: Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather, science, earth science, and a whole lot more. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast. I'm here, and I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 315 for Wednesday, Science Wednesday, April 6, 2022. And in just a moment, we are going to continue our solar system tour. Now, last week, if you remember, if you were with us, we took the two moons on the outside of the Galilean moon system of Jupiter. Now, Jupiter has many, many, many moons, but the first four that were discovered by Galileo Galilei were the four. Very large moons of Jupiter, easily seen with a telescope. That's how he discovered them. Well, today, we're going to move from the two outermost moons, Ganymede and Callisto, and then move to the inner moons of Europa and Io. Now, last week, we had research astronomer Jay Reynolds from Cleveland State University join us, talking about Ganymede and Callisto And when we mentioned that we'd be taking the two inner ones a week later, vis-a-vis this week, this Wednesday, Jay was visibly excited talking about IO. Now, if you missed that, go check it out. That's from last Wednesday. This Wednesday, we'll be talking about IO. And I thought, what better person to invite back than research astronomer Jay Reynolds from Cleveland State University, because he was so excited when I mentioned IO. And so he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve. He's got a lot of unique things to talk about in terms of I.O. And it is going to be well worth the conversation. That's coming up in just a little bit. Before we get there, though, I do want to address a topic that has been in the news recently, especially on SpaceWeather.com. If you go to WeatherJazz.com, episode number 300, and 15 and scroll down, you will see an embedded article from Space Weather that talks about solar cycle number 25. Now, for those of you that keep track of the solar cycles and the solar activity, we recently came off of a very, very low solar minimum. In fact, many were calling it the potential opening to a new monitor minimum. However, it looks like things have Turned around just a little bit, because if you see the graph that I posted on weatherjazz.com, episode 315, you'll see where we are in the number of sunspots and the amount of activity coming off of the sun compared to the forecast. The forecast is the red line, which should peak in July of 2025. We are obviously well ahead of that, according to the article on spaceweather.com. March of 2022, the month that we just recently completed, had 146 solar flares, including one X flare, very powerful, and 13 M-class flares, and auroras were sighted as far south as Colorado and Nebraska. Now, whenever the sun gets very active, frequently there'll be some shortwave radio blackouts, and there have been multiple blackouts, especially... For the ships at sea and airplanes flying over the poles, they noticed a communication disruption. Obviously, that's not a good thing if you're flying an aircraft or if you're a captain of a ship out in the middle of one of the oceans. Just take a look at that graph. It is well above the predicted curve for the next official forecast peak. And if this trend continues, April will be even busier than anticipated. Now, obviously, stay tuned. And there could be a lot more in the way of solar activity. And perhaps you, too, might have the chance to check out the aurora borealis, the northern lights. Even though we're now moving into a season where in the northern hemisphere, it's a little more difficult to see because we have much longer days. Okay, when we come back after the break, We will visit Io and Europa, the two inner Galilean moons, both with really some fascinating, fascinating characteristics, some strange oddities, along with unique properties that differentiate those two from any other moon in our solar system. We'll be right back. (music) Jay, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, returning to Weather Jazz for a fantastic uh, discussion today. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yes, yeah, are always definitely, especially the uh, especially these two topics today. Definitely interesting. Ah, okay. Well, they are really interesting. When I started reading up on some of these, and I, I'm essentially going to let you go for broke. I'm going to let you out of the cage. Today, and <laughs> and and you can really go hog wild on these two objects because they are truly, truly fascinating. I think even more fascinating than last week when we covered the two outermost uh, Galilean moons. Today, we're covering the two innermost moons, the ones that have a rotational speed that is just mind-boggling for, for starters, but... Th- that's just the start of it. So why don't we start with Europa first? That's uh I believe what the second uh second of the Galilean moons, the second one furthest out. Correct. Uh roughly
0: um uh, you have Io which is the, uh closest but then Europa is a magnificent moon that's uh We've long known its, uh, unusual characteristics, but when we had spacecraft first fly by it, it's like, Oh my gosh, look at that frozen surfaces. It's, uh, it's, um, uh, there's liquid water beneath the surface. The list goes on and on is truly a, an amazing place. Also, it was, um, indirectly featured in the movie 2001, a space odyssey. Um, that's. That uh, humans should not should stay away from Europa. Just stay away from it because because it has the elements of carbon and liquid water and a heat source that could
1: be evidence uh, of a great place to have life. Definitely. Now, how do we know that yeah. it has a liquid water surface underneath? That always intrigued me. What were the uh, indicators? Well, a lot of uh,
0: indications, but the most obvious would be the surface. The surface has mm-hmm. great cracks, and it even looks as you fly over it like uh, like you're flying over frozen water, if you will. Mm. But lots of cracks there because uh, uh, Europa gets closer to Jupiter and farther away in its orbit, and that causes it to fracture and open and oh. have great cracks, and these cracks fill up uh with uh, with uh, with water and mm-hmm. dust and because of this uh, cracking we see these lines or line on on the surface here but uh, we also know that by flying by it and photographing it we can measure its mass the amount of stuff that we can't see and it says wow uh more than likely water inside of there all the evidence points to that. and we're finding out that uh, water is much more commonplace in the solar system than we than we previously knew. When we when you and I were growing up, we had no ideas. Not mm-hmm. not like this. So water, particularly water, is common even on our moon. There's um, ice in the dark areas, in the shadows. But here in Europa, it's much more commonplace. And beneath the surface, where it's nice and warm, uh, there's mm-hmm. liquid water, warm liquid salt water. Tent, and, of course, the presence of carbon and other things, sulfur, mm-hmm. etc. It's, it's a great place to, well, let's do some life experiments here, definitely.
1: Is there any kind of potential or has there been any thought given to sending a probe to actually land on Europa? No question about it. But
0: there are um, there are debates about this mm-hmm. because if you... Land is something there. There is such a high potential of contamination. And the last thing you want to do in a potential life environment is uh, contaminating it. I don't care how much you sterilize and all the precautions that we do take. Almost invariably, um, there is contamination that you're sending into space. Uh NASA and the other organizations are pretty good about it. They really try, but but Mm -hmm. there's sometimes where it's just mistakes are made and it's it's not a it's not a perfect thing. Well but the bottom line, setting that aside for a second, yes, it would be nice to send a spacecraft, land on the surface, and then start drilling down. Let's Mm -hmm. see how far we can drill down into the surface and maybe go down into that liquid ocean. And if you will, send a small uh, robotic submarine down there and start uh, sniffing around for the evidence of life. But we are a long way from doing that. And again, do you really want to do that? So there's places in the Antarctic down by the South Pole where really you don't want to disturb the, the caps that are down there. So you're mm-hmm. on Earth. Okay. yes,
1: Yeah. Well, let's move on to um, the exciting satellite of Io. I sensed that last week when when you mentioned, wow, Io is like a really wild place. And uh, the more I read about it, the more I think, yeah, it it sounds like it's a really interesting place because, first of all, it's the closest one uh, to Jupiter of the Galilean moons. It's Sidereal orbit is so fast you can actually see it hour by hour from telescopes oh, yes. here on earth absolutely that's just for starters tell us that's about this that's just io. for starters
0: yeah uh, io is uh, slightly larger than our own moon and mm-hmm. is at about the same distance that our moon is away from the earth uh, io is away from jupiter and so that's that baby is moving fast around Jupiter. Mm. And as a matter of fact, in a telescope, you can watch it move and it doesn't take long before you notice, wow, that thing has moved. In an hour, you can easily see that wow. one hour to the, to another, it has, uh, moved quite a bit. It only takes, um, uh, roughly, uh, what is it? Um, about 40 hours to, for it to, to go around, uh, around Jupiter, but, What's interesting is its relationship in between the other moons. It has lots of volcanoes because it's so close to Jupiter mm-hmm. as it gets closer to Jupiter and farther away in its orbits, just like our old moon does. But it uh, it, it stretches, it flexes the surface of Io as much as 300 feet. Okay, we oh. think of Earth uh, oh, uh, on Earth, yeah. Where the water bulges up a little bit. And in some places here on the Earth, we see great tidal changes. Well, in mm-hmm. Iowa, that tidal changes are amazing. And as a result, you have this anytime you flex and compress something, there's always heat, a lot of energy involved. And thus you get volcanoes. When we had a spacecraft fly by there, uh, the Voyager series, we were able to photograph. Not only the volcanoes, but actually photographs, I take multiple photographs, string together, if you will, movies or animated gifs. And you can see the eruptions are incredible. Mm. On over almost 200 miles above the surface of Iowa, this volcanic boom wow. is just arcing over. You could stand up there and just watch it flow right over you. And we humans love volcanoes. It would yeah. be wondrous mm-hmm. to go there and, and watch the, the, the material eject and flow. And as a consequence, this surface, like when we look at our moon, we see a great deal of craters. On Io, there's almost no craters. They've been erased because of all the volcanic activity. It's, it's a place really? that is, if you will, alive, but it's closer to being um, uh, our idea of, if you will, hell, Uh, With Mm -hmm. sulfur flows and Mm. and just constant eruptions, it's not a happy place to visit, definitely. So don't go there.
1: (laughs) So you're telling me that the lack of craters, and I did read that, that there are almost no craters if none, is not because it's not been hit by meteors, meteorites. Correct. It's because of the constant regeneration of the surface because of the volcanoes. That's it. Absolutely
0: beautiful. It's uh, and it has a relationship with the other moons as well because it moves so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, it uh, it moves so fast that it lines up between Jupiter and the other moons, uh, almost like a resonance, and that mm-hmm. that affects the orbits of the other moons as well as uh, as Io itself. So there's over 400 active volcanoes, and the the volcanoes are just—they're just huge. There's Mm -hmm. one. There's a. There's also a lot of mountains that are not volcanic on Io, and because of all the heat inside, you have all this uh, uh, plate tectonic activity, just like Mm -hmm. in Hawaii, for instance. But they're not volcanic, and so the highest moon there is uh, 10.6 miles above the surface here. It's one of the highest peaks in the solar system. Mount Everest is like five miles above the Earth, really. It's it's not very comparatively. So Mm -hmm. this is absolutely huge. Tallest uh, non-volcanic mountain really in the solar system. On Mars, there's a pretty large volcanic mountain there uh, but uh, olympus mons but still it's uh it's amazing so if you stood also on io a day would last 42 and a half hours um short by many standards like at pluto a day is six earth days mm-hmm. long so there's there's uh, all these relationships between moons and planets and it's in our our solar system is a wondrous place everything is unique everything is so unique mm-hmm. it's very exciting to see the photographs that we've accumulated uh, just a quick note on Europa I'm going back there for a second mm-hmm. there there it was called a volcanic plume of water okay well that's really not a good a definition it's not like a volcano of water it's an eruption of water just like here was Io there's volcanic eruptions in, uh, I believe it was 2017, 2019, Hubble actually detected the first eruption of water, a water vapor, a plume into, uh, into space, uh, again, because of heating and compression. It doesn't happen as much as what we see on Io, uh, because uh, Europa is further away from Jupiter, about 400 million miles, excuse mm-hmm. me, 400,000 miles now, whereas uh, Io is uh, quarter million miles, is it's not far. It's not a far trip at all. But um, uh, Io just it just keeps on going. If you stood on Io, the electrical generation because of all the volcanic dust being erupted into space like this. <laughs> Um, it mm-hmm. helps to generate a relationship between Io and Jupiter. And so it, no energy shortage there. Your energy <laughs> uh, problems if, are completely
1: solved. So if I had it's, a Tesla on Io, I could just plug into uh, the, the energy in the, in the atmosphere. Yeah, you better have the right converter for that
0: because <laughs> it, it's literally 400,000. Volts at oh three my. million
1: amps. So wow. yeah, First Energy wow. would love to set up shop there. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah let's run lines and maybe solve our energy problems. No, uh, running the lines there. Would be yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. more than enough. Yeah, that's fascinating. And Io does uh, not have any uh, liquid water, as I understand it. Uh, no, it's yeah, no, mm-hmm. no any uh, any. Ooh. And a water vapor like that would uh, would be
0: disassociated very quickly, and so sulfur is the predominant uh, emission. But also, um, that's why the color is yellow. Now, when you look at Io through a telescope, you, you do not detect that uh, that yellow mm-hmm. color. It's it's very reflective moon. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, Europa is the most reflective one of the most reflective moons in the ah. solar system. Very, very bright compared to others, like Ganymede Mm -hmm. is kind of dark on one side. So it's um, just the Jupiter system, the Jovian system, as it's called, is incredible, not just with the diversity, but the unique features that are not found anywhere else in our solar system.
1: Well, you really exude the excitement of the fact that, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to do this series on our own astronomical backyard is the very fact that there are things in the solar system that are truly uh, amazingly spectacularly unique right here in our own backyard. And uh, I, yeah, you you express that really well just with these two moons. Um, And of course we have a lot more to explore too. Well, yeah.
0: uh, When we, of course, um, one of the most interesting things to see for people when they look through telescopes and, and I love to share my telescope, uh, with folks is, um, yes, Jupiter and its moons, because you can see the horizontal stripes on Jupiter in a, in a smaller backyard telescope. The great red spot that you hear about, um, that is, that is shrinking. It's lost its color. And when I was mm-hmm. a kid, you could look into a telescope and see, Instantly, there's a great red spot. Today, it is tough to identify. It wow. really is. Wow. And so we see changes even in my lifetime, which really is not that long, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. compared to the solar system. But um, when we look through uh, the scope at Saturn, people are just moved to the point of uh, absolute emotion where they can't speak or they begin crying. Is they can't believe that they're connecting to something like this. And mm-hmm. then we have the colors of Neptune and Uranus, um mm-hmm. truly spectacular. And unfortunately, I can never show Pluto in a telescope. Really, mm-hmm. no telescope on Earth can reveal uh what we see in the photos from our space probes. Right. But Pluto is is also when you get to that, is one of the most dynamically interesting places in our solar system. It's, it is an amazing
1: jewel in our solar system. So mm. we have a lot more to cover here, Andre. Okay. A lot more. It's interesting you mentioned Pluto, and, and this will be uh, my concluding note. My son Noah at the time when Pluto was, quote, unquote, declassified as, as a planet uh, to whatever <laughs> they're calling it now, uh, my son Noah at the time was about uh, nine or ten, and he said, they shouldn't do that. I'm (laughs) calling it a planet no matter what. And I said, I agree. I agree. It's our planet.
0: I agree. But it's understandable why they reclassified it. uh, a long time ago, we used to have, I, I think it was uh, almost like 20 planets in the solar system. And it began, uh, this is back in the 19th century. You began to realize, well, these little things are very small dots. Uh, let's call those asteroids, not planets. Oh, okay. Suddenly we're back to five planets and then six and. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Pluto is, is just a crown jewel, the incredible, mm-hmm. the photography, the features, uh, the dynamic, it's a dynamic place going through changes as well. So we, we, when we study these things, we're studying ourselves indirectly. Mm-hmm. So Earth is, is unique that we have all these properties like this and, and we live in a sweet
1: spot here, but still right. there's so much to see and view. I call it the Goldilocks spot, or it's just in the right spot. But I sense, or I, I I'm feeling the same kind of excitement for Pluto almost uh, than I uh, that I do when you talked about Io last week. So perhaps when we get to Pluto, would you like to come back and and talk to us about Pluto? Oh, naturally, sure, anytime. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Okay, thanks, you. You know, we've known Jay Reynolds, the research astronomer at Cleveland State University for a long time now. And he is a class act, someone who really loves to express his curiosity and his excitement about the things that he studies in such a way as to make that excitement contagious to others. I'm sure you will agree. And that's why I plan on having Mr. Reynolds back to talk about Pluto, at the very least, in our tour of the solar system. I certainly hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let it be known, if you know somebody who's into astronomy, please let them know about Weather Jazz, especially about the series that we're currently doing on Science Wednesday, in this case, episode 315. All of the information and all of the episodes can be listened to Right on a web browser, just direct them to weatherjazz.com. And better yet, if they're a podcast listener and use a podcast app, Weather Jazz is available on every single platform. Very, very cool stuff. Let them know. And we're going to continue that fun next Wednesday, too, as we dig into our very own solar system. Do you have a question or a topic, suggestion, or just want to say hello I welcome your input. You can send me an email, weatherjazz at yahoo.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail at the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. That number is 2345255888. Five, eight, eight. Very easy number sequence to remember. Again, 2345255888. Five, eight, eight. And just in case you're listening to this program while you're doing something like running or driving to work and you can't transcribe that information, not to worry. Easy fix. Go to weatherjazz.com and click on the contacts tab. All of that information right at your fingertips. And you can then either write me or call me. And I do encourage you to do one or the other, or better yet, do both. And I do listen to and read every single message that comes to me. Of course, the volume prohibits me from being able to answer everything. I try my best to do that, but just to assure you, if you don't receive a personal reply from me, I have at least, at the very least, either read or listened to your message. And very frequently, many of you make suggestions, offer questions, or say something that may in fact trigger what could in fact be a future episode of Weather Jazz. So you never know. Please do be involved. I love to hear from you. Now, for those of you that watch Fox 8 WGW television, I will be on special assignment tomorrow, Thursday, so you won't be seeing me I'll be filming something that eventually you'll get to see in the month of May. I'll have more details on that as we approach. But I'll also keep with me my portable recording studio tomorrow so that uh, perhaps it might end up, or at least where we're heading, as an Open Line Friday episode that's coming around in just a couple of days. So we'll see you then. Have a wonderful day ahead cold front comes through on wednesday afternoon for the ohio valley it looks like just about everybody will see some showers for a little while might even hear a grumble of thunder nothing severe everything severe at least today should be in the deep south so if you're listening to me from the deep south alabama georgia south carolina maybe even eastern tennessee you might want to keep your weather eye to the west and keep an eye on radar We'll catch you on Friday with another great episode right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe. Across the globe. Across the
0: globe. The Weather Jazz Podcast.